Here we go, Teach Go Rockstar Podcast. And this week, my guest is Dr. Tony Hull, one of my very favorite principals in the nation. And uh, we got to have a quick chat out in Las Cruces, New Mexico. I was I was cutting through Las Cruces on my way to Alamogordo to speak this past August, and uh, we got to spend some time together. And um, and you know what, man? I always say it. But it is absolutely true. My very favorite thing, the best thing about my gig, is I get to travel around the nation and hang out with the best and the brightest and the most creative, compassionate, passionate people on the planet. And uh, and Dr. Tony Hole is a great example of that, truly making a difference in the lives of her kids, her teachers, and her community. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Ready? Ready. So, <laughs> and what other job would that be a normal thing? None. Exactly. Just here at exactly. school. Right. And it wouldn't phase me. I know. Principal. That's the thing. That's, that's nothing. That's the beauty of it. So, um, Dr. Tony Hall, we have, uh, we met a while back. How many years ago was it? Hmm. I would say... Seven? I think you're right. No, something like that. Seven. Yeah. I, w- I was in Deming. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and so it was like seven years ago. And the thing is, um, you came to a Teaching a Rockstar event mm-hmm. in El Paso. And that's when we used to do them there. And that, that's when like people like schools could afford to send teachers <laughs> back in the day when there's still money floating around. And um, it was a fun day. I still remember. I, you know, mm-hmm. that's where I met um, Jarrett. Perry, who I'll, be, I'll see uh, tomorrow oh, wow. in uh, Alamogordo. And so um, I met so many cool people out of that mm-hmm. deal. That's fun. And I just talked to a few of the teachers that remember that uh-huh. event, and they still talk about it. That's awesome. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> All right. and um, But here's here's what I want to uh, talk to you about, because you are one of those um, principals that I have uh, met that just really have a good understanding of uh, school culture and establishing that vibe to the tribe, as we call it, <laughs> where you can walk in. You know, I always say, like, we can walk into a school and there's a feeling immediately mm-hmm. when you walk in. Mm-hmm. And um, you're one of those people that, uh, like, that's a focus. And you work on it and you try to figure it out. And so and so Critical. Excited. Yeah. Critical. That's, like, the number one focus that I have. It's everything, isn't it? <laughs> it's everything. Because you can't do anything else without that. Right. right. That's the foundation for your school. All right. Let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. So, so years ago, at what point did you decide, you know what, man, I want to be a teacher? Well, I want to be a teacher. Yeah. Holy cow. Um, okay. So, well, it's kind of interesting that we're here in front of these mics because I really wanted to be on the radio. That was a long afternoon. I wanted to be on the radio and um, until I had this biology teacher in 10th grade and he came in and he, we didn't want to leave that room. We didn't want to leave the room, and it had nothing to do with the content, even though I did like that. It was about that teacher. He made that room feel like we were the most special kids, people in his life. And even to the point where he, at the end of the semester, he would sign our books, like sign our little workbooks as if he was like this amazing rock star teacher. Yeah. And he would uh, sign our books and we were all like, yay, he signed my book bag. He signed my book. Awesome. <laughs> and I thought when I saw that and I looked at the kids, I remember this one day where the bell rang and I had lunch right afterwards and we were all still in the room. And this is high school kids. And I thought, 
what are we doing? We're also here in science and the bell rang for lunch and we're, no one's leaving. And I looked and I kind of had one of those experiences where I looked at him, I looked at the kids and I said, I want to be that guy. I want to do that. I want to influence kids that way. And that was it. Yeah. That was it. That was, then I was on that trajectory. Nothing could change. And, and so, and so when, when you left high school to go to college, mm-hmm. did you start as an education major? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because of him, Dr. Druger. Actually, I have a picture of him right over there in my office. Really? Yeah. Yep. And, and he, uh, I, I thought that's what I want to do. And like it was, and I went to school and I, I went for science education mm-hmm. because he taught science, not necessarily, I mean, I liked it, but. But whatever. If he taught math, I would have probably been a math teacher. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. You know, that's a, that's the thing that um, that you having that passion for your content area mm-hmm. is huge, mm-hmm. and that's such a rare find. Is is that professional in the classroom that they that they love teach have a passion for education, a passion for influencing lives of people, and a passion for the content area all wrapped up in the same person. It was crazy. It's it magical. Was. Like like when you get that <laughs> recipe. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. an amazing experience for everybody in that classroom. I, I still have that workbook yeah. <laughs> that he signed. Really? I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> You're a super fan. <laughs> I love it. And, um, and so you, you went to college, and then mm-hmm. at any point in college, did you have, a, did you, did you have the principal thing in mind? Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Never. Because some people <laughs> start out knowing that they want to be a principal. Really? Yeah. No. No. Not even when I was teaching. Mm-mm. Okay. All right. Let's get into this. So, so, so you, you, you student teach, mm-hmm. you get a first job. How was your first year as a teacher? It was crazy because actually I taught middle school and I remember in student teaching, I was cr- crying like every night because I taught middle school and I thought I'm never taking a middle school job. And then what did I take? Right. A middle school job. So it was tough. Um, but I had some great mentor teachers that helped me out. And so I think that's what saved it. It's just that um, I really, I really, I think was too focused on the focus on the content, less on the kids about making that relationship. And that's where I really started thinking it's all about that classroom culture. Yeah. And, and that was my focus. Once I got, it clicked and I thought, okay, I'm teaching them science, but really it's so much more than I'm teaching them. That's not science. Right, right. And that's what you have to focus on. When I did that, that's when it shifted. I created a classroom culture where we had like our own little reward system. We had um, our own culture of like teams in my classroom Mm. and until i did that it was rough it was rough that was all in your first year first year that's a huge first year well i had some great mentors yeah yeah i mean i had this one mentor (laughs) and he was the kind of teacher that you just heard noises going on next door and thought what is he doing over there and i want to know and so i would just go and watch him And he just did these wild, wacky things, and the kids loved him. And I would ask the kids, what is he doing over there? And and they would tell me, and then I'd go talk to him, and he helped me come out of my shell and say, you know, you can do that. You can be fun. You can. You don't have to be so serious all the time. Right. <laughs> Doctor scientist. <laughs> that's right. So that's what made it, that's what made it great. Yeah. Learning from those, those people. And that first school that you were at, the middle school, how long mm-hmm. were you there? 14 years. Yeah, in New York, upstate New York, in the Catskills. Fourteen years. In the, yes. All right. And so, mm-hmm. at four, so you were embedded in the community. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I was the seventh grade science teacher. All right, everybody. All <laughs> Everyone right. had me. <laughs> all right, so you had kids in the middle school, and then they were still in the community in their twenties. Oh yeah. 
I, I would go eat in the restaurant. I'd see them. Right. A lot of times they'd apologize for how they treated me. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> right. And so, it, all right, so at what point, at any point at this, in these 14 years at that first school, did you think, you know what, I might want to run this school? No. <laughs> I didn't. Still nothing. I still didn't. But I did think, hey, I'm – I think I might want to teach other teachers how to do some of these things that I'm doing right. because I saw my colleagues struggling. Mm -hmm. And so then I did start doing some workshops and things like that at the national like science teachers convention, things like that. Yeah. And, and at my school, but never did I say I wanted to run the building. No, right. not yet. I want all the keys. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I, no. Right. And so, um, and so with your, with your workshops that you're doing, the teacher training and professional development, was it a science based, um, thing or you, were you doing classroom culture? And, yeah. It, and... it started off as science, but then I went into classroom culture and like classroom leadership mm -hmm. and showing teachers that they need to be the leader in their classroom and teach kids how to lead too. Sure. And so it was about leadership and and also uh, teacher morale and helping them uh, see that they can have fun and enjoy their job. Because I saw a lot of teachers leaving that were friends of mine yeah. to do other things. And I thought, no, like you're a great teacher. What's the problem? But they would tell me. And actually, <clears throat> seven years into teaching, I had a moment where I thought, mm hmm. I, I, I can't do this anymore. And so I had the applications out for to become like a PA and uh, to go to med school. And I thought, you know, this this is they're taking the joy away from teaching. Yeah. And I want to be about the kids when it, it became about paperwork and about those things that I don't see as very important. And so that is what clicked with me. And I thought, I really don't want to leave. Sure. But how can I... Not only help myself, but also help other teachers, yeah. and that's why I went into helping them in professional development. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's there, there's something to be said for, you know, one thing I felt like I was pretty good at is is giving um, the perception of I was doing all the paperwork and all you know, and so it it really <laughs> looked yeah. So, <laughs> Because I wanted to get to the teaching part, right. you know? Yeah. So all the other stuff that mm -hmm. really didn't contribute, and, re you know, I mean, I, I love data too, but, but if, I mean, if we're not going to use it and we're mm -hmm. not tracking correctly, then, you know, so, so for me, it was really about how can I perform, you know, that paperwork part of the job in such a way it gives the perception <laughs> that I'm doing everything 100%. When it was that mm -hmm. way I can, I can spend most of my time on focusing what I need to be doing, which is working with the kids. The kids. Yeah. Exactly. I figured out how to do that too. Mm -hmm. We have to. Yeah. And I think that the teachers that don't figure that out and they spend too much time on that part of it, that's the that's the problem. You know, the, you know the difference is when when we're focusing on what I have found with teachers when we're when we really have a heavy focus on all the stuff outside of teaching, all mm -hmm. that other nonsense. And I, I don't mean nonsense because some of it is valuable. Right. But the um, when we're where we have such a heavy focus on that, it turns that job into a grind. Yes. And and the grind will people can hustle and, and grind, but they always get tired and eventually they wear down and they mm -hmm. always burn out. Right. But when we focus on the kids and we can feel that passion, though those are the teachers that they, they just don't burn out because they're we're, they're constantly fueled with what drives them, which mm -hmm. is connecting with kids and that passion for making a difference and being the one for their children in the classroom. And and that's what I want to do as a principal. So yeah. that's, that's, I mean, you asked before about like where, where it clicked that I wanted to be a principal. It was when I came to New Mexico and, um, 
Hold on, hold on. We got you don't Boy, you, don't, you, you don't go from the Catskills <laughs> to New Mexico. Let me tell you, let me tell you who in New York typically they're on the witness relocation. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they end up in New Mexico from New York. So I'm not sure how you can explain yourself out of this one. <laughs> well, okay, so um, I had my husband had a friend of the family that uh, had come to New Mexico and loved it. Yeah. Beautiful, it's beautiful. Um, and so we came out and visited. And I loved it. I thought it was beautiful, and I thought, hmm, it's nice. No snow here right? <laughs> for the most part. And so we came out and visited a few times, and then we just made a plan to move. Uh, we had recently gotten married, and we just wanted to start our life somewhere else. And you know what? You kind of feel like you know where you need to be, and that's how I felt. And so um, I did want to be a department head back in New York, mm-hmm. and I tried, and I tried. And they actually looked my – I had the administrators that were not – very supportive. And um, they said to me things like, you're a middle school teacher. You can't be the department head of this secondary school. Like, we have high school teachers here. And I thought, okay. Right. So it was kind of, uh, it wasn't the right fit. And I thought, well, let's see if we can go somewhere else and see if the kids need me more. And mm-hmm. right away I knew that they did. Sure. And I knew that they did when I landed in Deming. Deming, yep. which is how far Deming. from here? Like an hour? An hour. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In the middle of nowhere. Right. And so did you live <laughs> here in Las Cruces and drive to Deming? I did for six years. That's commitment. <laughs> you got to want it. Those kids, they pulled at my heartstrings. I yeah. mean, they, that that community is um, just so different, so specialized, um, where you know, they have family members that can't cross the border mm-hmm. and then they live on one side and the parents live on the other and you're doing Skype calls and trying to talk to parents and they live with grandma and it's just tough. Yeah. It's a tough community and very poor community, but the kids are amazing and they work hard and they, they deserve the best just like everybody else. Yeah. And so, um, I knew I was in the right place. I knew I was in the right place and, uh, I had great administrators there. That allowed me to be creative. Yeah. Now, that's what I want to be for, for that teacher that's wondering, why do I do this job? It's a grind. No, I want them to say, I'm able to be creative. I'm able to be there for kids. And it's okay if I don't have my lesson plans done on time in the door uh, when Dr. Hull comes by. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? And so, and, and it was there in Deming that you decided that mm-hmm. this is uh, this whole principle thing. Mm-hmm. I decided that I wanted to continue going, becoming a, a leader and I didn't know what capacity exactly. I just thought, all right, I need to influence more kids, more adults. And, um, so I became a instructional specialist there, mm-hmm. which, um, What's that you mean? know, it was like a coach yep. for teachers. And so that was really big. And a lot of the focus I did was on culture. And was on their their um, their own motivation, mm-hmm. and how they connect with kids, and also how they connect with each other. And so I did that uh, six years, six years. Yeah, yeah. And so were you out of the classroom at that point, and just focused full time on your I was coaching. I was okay. Yeah. So at this point, you know, this is one of those, this is one of those positions where I'm, I'm always interested in your, in, cause I've, I've done that a little bit. I spent one year as a halftime teacher and mm-hmm. halftime coach. And so I don't have a broad you know, population of people that I was working with, but the, the limited teachers that I had, mm-hmm. it pretty much occurred to me right away that either I had something there to work with or I didn't. Yes. Either that, we talk about that, like they're coachable or they're not. Yep. 
And you really can't coach someone that's not coachable. And for me, I don't know what your experience was, but they fell into two categories. One category was they they just don't want they, they they have the potential they have they have it but they for whatever reason they couldn't take uh, constructive feedback or ideas mm-hmm. or it had to be their idea or just with any outside idea they just weren't there they just couldn't make that happen or the other they just didn't love kids and wow. I can't yeah I can't fix that mm-hmm. if they love their subject more than the kids that's a problem yeah. That's why I always find it interesting when teachers go around and introduce themselves. Like, I, I teach math. It's like, well, you, we all teach kids. That's yeah. what we should say, actually. Right. Not that you teach math. I mean, yeah. I, math's your subject. That's great. I did find that. Um, I did teach one class when I was be when I was an instructional specialist. So that kept me connected to the classroom, and I just feel like that's critical. I think that schools are making a, a mistake by not having their instructional specialist teach a class. And sometimes there's regulations against that. So yeah. that's unfortunate, but it's mm. not the best model. Because yeah. when I was connected, it was amazing. And so uh, actually this year, <laughs> as principal of Lynn Middle School, I'll be uh, teaching a science class. Really? Yep. Third, nice. pe- third period. And uh, out of necessity, but also out of, I think that, it, it needs to, they need to see that principals are also, uh, we're not perfect. We're vulnerable too. And you know what? Let's do this together. Yeah. I'm teaching that class when the rest of the science teachers are off. And so they can come in. We can tag team. We could do things together. It could be like their little um, playground where they can figure out, you know, I'm not up to do this by myself yet, this activity or maybe this room transformation, but let's do it together. Yeah. And so that's what's going to happen this year. Especially with this, you know, as a teacher having a classroom as an instructional coach, which is it gives you a mountain of mm-hmm. credibility. Oh, that's true too. You know? Yeah, that's true. You know, it's it's one of those things where um it, unless they see you do it, there there's always going to be well, she doesn't know. <laughs> That was a that, long time ago. That was six years. <laughs> Kids have changed in six years. Right. They have all kinds of crazy ideas. and mm-hmm. But you're, if you're still in the trenches doing the thing with them, that's huge. Showing them that you can, it's okay to make a mistake. Yeah. It's okay to then admit to it and let's talk about it because that's what, that's how you learn. Right. And I think sometimes that um, teachers think that administrators come in and if they see them do one thing that's incorrect, you know, they, they won't admit to it or they don't want to share that. No, they need to. They need to. Yeah. I mean. And then as the instructional coach, you thought at some point you want to take the next step. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I thought about, well, I had some great administrators. So I guess, I guess it always goes by those influential people in my life. And I had an administrator, a principal, that was kind of what the opposite of what you would think a principal is. Because I think they get a bad rap. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like the dark side and things like that. But... This principal made instruction first, kids first, and knew how to have fun. And I thought, wow, you can do it. Because I, what I had, my view of administrators was always negative yeah. at, in New York. And so when I saw that, I thought, wow, I could be that person that, that kind of is the catalyst for my campus. It's, it's a catalyst and gets kids and, it, and teachers and staff excited and creates that environment where they can thrive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so who was that person? It actually is uh, Mr. Hawkins, and he is the deputy superintendent of the Las Cruces Public School right now. So he is my deputy superintendent. Right. So it's pretty inspiring. What school was he at? It was Mesa Middle School here uh-huh. in Las Cruces. 
All right. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and that's amazing. So, <laughs> so you got fired up to be a, uh, uh, just a school leader at that point. Yeah. And then, and then, where did you into the dark side? <laughs> and at, at what point did you step over into the dark side? Um, so I was his instructional specialist. Uh, yeah. After Deming, I came to Las Cruces and became an instructional specialist for him. Uh-huh. And then also taught science. He allowed me to do that, which was amazing. And uh, we had an assistant principal that got a job as a principal, as a well, not as an assistant at a high school. He really wanted that, and there was an opening. We were sitting in his office, and. Uh, and I turned to him and I said, I think I want to apply to be the assistant principal. He's like, he almost fell out of the chair because like, we really didn't talk about it. I kind of just uh, kind of kept it to myself that it might be something I want to do because yeah. I, I had to feel like I was ready at that moment. And uh, yeah, I got the job. <laughs> so I was at his the assistant. high school. No, I was his assistant principal at Mason Middle At the middle. School, right? All right. So, so, uh, so you're at the middle school yeah. and um, tell me what, so what was the biggest difference that you was it was there a difference at all between what your what your perception of the job was and what it really was oh my gosh yes yeah. <laughs> huge i mean i think teachers think that administrators just sit walk around and sit at their desks and i don't know what they're doing i really didn't know yeah. maybe talk to some kids about some behavior issues but but hanging out wow. having coffee they're just sitting around having coffee and chit-chatting that's what and i think talking with the secretary unbelievable <laughs> 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 so the amount of responsibility, the amount of influence that you have, um, it just was mind boggling. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, but it was such a cool feeling when you walk down the hallway and you know that you go in a room and you give a kid a high five and pat on the back and, and you give a thumbs up to a teacher cause they just did an amazing connection with a kid and you're that person that's, that's cultivating that. Yeah. So. Yeah, but it was definitely not what I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, I think um, you know what, what I, I've seen in the past with uh, you know it's just like teaching, I guess. It, it really goes both ways. Where some administrators, you know, really get caught up in the grind part and the data part and the, the paperwork part and the behavior part, and they and sometimes what I have seen is they forget about the kid part and the teacher part. Right. You know, really, I mean, that's the whole goal is is supporting teachers, giving them anything and everything mm-hmm. they need to make connections and love those kids relentlessly. Understanding that the kids are going to get make mistakes and supporting that teacher and helping that kid and bringing them back together, mm-hmm. and it's just such a huge role. And I think I think administrators do fall in that trap because yeah. I would I would much rather be remembered as the one that didn't get maybe every deadline on time, right. but I was there for my teachers and. Yeah, I took a whole day working with a teacher because they just needed me or working with that kid, and I didn't get such and such handed in. Um, that's okay. Yeah. That's all right. And I think that, that now this is my third year, so I think that people know that about me. Sometimes they have to remind me about things like that, but they don't have to remind me to smile at a kid. They don't have to remind me to go support a teacher. Yeah. Um, and so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's funny listening to hear talk about wondering, like, you know, before you became uh, the the assistant principal, you know, like, what do those people do? Because it's so true. Like, I can remember being a mm-hmm. teacher, and it was a, a large high school, huge high school, thousands of kids. And on the balcony, we would look over, and in the morning, they'd have, like, these where these APs would huddle up. And I had first period off. So after they got everybody in the class, they would come back and kind of huddle up. There's eight, nine APs, and there's your associate principal and assistants and the principal. And it's, they're all there. There's a group of them. <laughs> and, 
and they're just hanging out, having coffee, and chit chatting, and oh, like I get it, like that's part. Of, they're about the, the, you know, I get, it, but but standing above it used to make us so mad. Look at them down there, yeah. drinking their coffee. We're working, yeah. And 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 the thing, and the other thing, what would bother teachers? It's so silly looking back on it, but it was such a big thing back then. Was they would order out, they would get they have food delivered to the school for their lunch. Like we we didn't have enough time. No, we barely had time to eat. Or or you'd try it, but then if the thing if the, if the pizza's seven minutes late, forget it. You don't have time. You know, you just lost your pizza. That's uh-uh, right. But, you know, yep. and it, you know it. Oh, you know, to make teachers so mad. Oh my gosh. And but teachers don't know how much we buffer them from. Right. Exactly. I also think of myself. I'm. It's important that I buffer my teachers from things that they don't need to worry about. Yeah. And so I, I work hard every day to be that buffer. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, because there are so many things that could come to them that they don't need to worry about. And I want them to teach. I want them to go in the room and teach kids and connect with kids and not worry about little things that I can take care of for them or my admin team can take care of for them. So, yeah. Yeah. It's parents. Oh, yeah. We're the biggest parent buffer ever. Yeah. <laughs> I was told at one point, they said, if you knew mm-hmm. how much manpower it took to shield you, me specifically, yeah. from from parents. Yeah. Oh, you, <laughs> yeah. you specifically? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, but, That's a full-time job right there. Right, yeah. They, they need to hire somebody from outside the district. <laughs> and, and, you know, but I, I love that. I love that, um, you know, there's this whole hidden side to administration that teachers mm-hmm. have absolutely no idea. They have no idea. Sometimes I think it would help, though, if they if they knew they spent a day. I think that would be cool because I still to this as principal, and then going from assistant to principal, right? That's another exponential leap of responsibility and the amount that you have going on in your mind, on your plate, in your to do list that teachers don't know either. Yeah. They kind of just see oh, all the principals up there. Well. Yeah, I understand, but right. <laughs> when the buck stops with you, it's even bigger. And um, but that's awesome because the the responsibility of it and just being able to be that person for the kids is, is and for them is amazing. But they don't know, and I think that that's a that's a valid point. I think we need to bring them in, maybe have them shadow us one day. Yeah, or switch places for a day. <laughs> switch places. <laughs> Want to switch with me? Right. I'll go in your classroom. I'll go have some, fun with your kids. Who wants some of this? Right. Just as the parents come in down the hallway. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, because I, I think that's a great thing. You know, I, I, what, what I used to do, I used to do a teacher swap between middle school and high school because mm-hmm. there's so much complaining, you know, from eighth grade, mm-hmm. you know, to ninth grade and ninth grade. And my, these kids aren't ready when they get to ninth grade. And so I took an English department and we, and we did a whole week. Wow. And so the eighth grade uh, language arts teachers went to the high school for a week. The ninth graders went down to the uh, the uh, middle school for a week. And the, it, Eye-opening. Oh, my God. They hugged afterwards. <laughs> uh, apologized to each other. <laughs> we need to do that with the elementary then. It was fun. That would be. And they loved it. Yeah. You know, because it's such a huge leap. Like if we're a kid, these are children. Mm-hmm. They're all children. But when these kids, these children come to the high school and it looks like there's men and women in this place. That's you know? true. And it's just a whole different world. That's true. Yeah. And I think that same thing occurs between teachers and administrators. Mm-hmm. Where this. They don't know. Yeah. They don't know. Uh, I, hmm. 
I think, and then I said the dark side before, I mean, but that's what they say. Yeah. That's what they say. They're like, oh, you did it. You went over to the dark side. But um, I think that it takes time to build that relationship with them where then they see how much you do shield them from. Also, how much you do talk them up. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're the spokespeople for our school. And so that's a big part of being a principal is going out there and saying, you know, wait a minute. Let me help you with that perception that you have because our teachers are awesome and our yeah. kids are amazing. Right. You know, in Texas, we have we have so many amazing uh, football coaches, but I see the same thing in principals I do in football coaches where, like, you know, when the when the high school football team loses the big game on Friday mm-hmm. night, the coach takes full responsibility for it. Well, you know, the, these kids put forth some effort this week, but we, the, the coaches did. Like, you know, we we let we let it we we let our kids down. We didn't prepare them as much as we should. They take all the. Mm-hmm. But when the kids win, they give it all to the kids. You know, well, those kids That's work so hard. True. Those you know, but great principals do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I've noticed. Yeah, I just had a, actually a parent the other day um, because our scores came out just like you know every state has the test scores, and uh, basically the parent just said, "What are you going to do about these scores?" What are you going to do? Right. Me alone? I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's true. It's yeah. true. It really, we have to do it together. It's yep. not me alone, but that's all right. I buffered the parent. <laughs> yeah. See that? Doing your, doing your job, man. <laughs> and so, you, and so you, you do the assistant principal thing for how many years? Uh, two. Right. One at once at Mesa, and then I got moved to another school because they downsized, got rid of another assistant principal. So I was had to be moved to a, another middle school here in Las Cruces, and that was Picacho Middle School. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, with a different principal, different principal, uh, leaving my inspiring principal. But you know what? Moved to a school where that that principal was just as um, knowledgeable. And taught me some other things. Yeah. So I, I believe that you can from every leader you pull something. Mm-hmm. And so he was totally different than the first principal. Um, but I learned some skills that I don't have in my wheelhouse uh, about dealing with difficult situations and things like that. So that was a huge – it was good. I think that was a reason why that happened because it really taught me how to deal with those situations that are uncomfortable to me. Because I'm usually the cheerleader kind of person, and I'm like, "Come on, let's do it." And if the person doesn't, you have to also deal with that because yeah. kids kids are sitting in that classroom, and they need to have somebody in there that is committed. And so um, he helped me with that, and so that was a year. All mm-hmm. right, and then and then a, a job comes open. Do they call you, or do you call them for that principal job? They call me. All right. <laughs> and so after two years of doing the AP gig, they called you and tell us about the school because it was an interesting gig. Very interesting. Tell us about the uh, the first school. So, um, and this was about it was about April uh-huh. of that year. Um, what was the name of that school? Originally? The Mesilla Valley Alternative Middle School. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was running to that job, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> You beat out dozens of high-quality applicants. Well, the interesting thing that's kind of interesting and scary is that I'm the person they thought of when that came open. They're like, (laughs) she'll take it. Tony Hall. (laughs) 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 So the superintendent actually came and talked to me, and he said, you know what? I wanted that school to be a project-based school, multi-age, and I've had this vision, and it just hasn't happened. And so I think you can make it happen. You want to make it happen? And I was like, yeah, 
I want to make it happen. I mean, um, I actually went down to visit before um, I said yes. I went to visit the school, and this story just, uh, oh, my goodness. It was just so so heart-wrenching. So I go in, the, I walk right in, and the building has this somber feel. Go right up to a kid, because I was there, and the, the, the previous principal was there. And uh, the kid said to me, Hey, Dr. Hall. And I go, hey, you know me. I said, yeah, I heard of you. I heard you're a really good principal. And I said, well, thank you. And he goes, well, why are you here then? Because we're the dumb kids. Wow. And so, wow. I uh, I go, what are you talking about? He's like, well, nobody cares. We got sent here. Nobody cares. And why would you come here? And that's when I said, no, I'm here. I said, I'm here and I'm not leaving. I'm staying. And I said, you're not the dumb kids. I said, we're going to do this. And so went back and told them, yeah, definitely. I want those 45 kids. And uh, they just, they were tough. They were tough. I bet. That was a good moment. But then there were other moments that we had. and um, But I knew that they were speaking. When they did lash out at me, it was because of things that they were dealing with. Yeah. There's always an underlying reason. The kid just doesn't want to ruin your day. And those kids were dealing with so many situations in their life that I can't even, like, imagine. And, uh. We were there for them for those two months, and then, uh, yeah, and then and then decided that they need something better than being called the alternative middle school. That's like being called the jail. Yeah, it's like it's pretty much how they saw it. Junior high jail. Yeah, and they wore it as a badge of honor. Yeah. Unfortunately, because that's what they felt like they were good at being bad. So this is the Messiah Valley Alternative mm-hmm. Middle School. And then after a couple of months, mm-hmm. you you, uh, you you decide to change the name, mm-hmm. rebrand this. Thing. <laughs> we needed to rebrand, and it's interesting because um, I didn't really realize you could do that. I mean, I know you could do it. I just thought it would be more of a a, a process. But uh, the interim superintendent at the time said, "Do you like the name of your school?" And I said, "No, <laughs> no, yeah. sir." He goes, "Well, what do you what would you call it?" And I said, I don't know. I said, but not alternative. I said, I want kids to know that that this is where they want to be. Like, this is their school. It's not just because they had to go to an alternative place. And so we uh, had some parent meetings, and he helped me change the name. And parents uh, had input and students. And uh, we we were uh, the Leadership Academy after that. The Sea Valley Leadership MVLA. MVLA. And so it was born. <laughs> And, and, and so you guys, did you guys kick off the new year with the new name? So no, we did in our minds, Uh but it wasn't officially changed till the board had to approve it. Mm. So in September of that year, so we had a month of just like teaching people about it, letting people know that this is what we want. And then we got a bunch of parents together, kids, and we went to the board meeting, all the kids presented. I I said maybe two minutes and they said everything else. And then they board voted on it. It's amazing. Yeah. It was, and so uh, you rebranded it. And, and how long did it take for – because you just don't change a name and everything changes. No. no. <laughs> Everybody's thinking, I'll just change a name. Done. <laughs> His job's no. easy. And so how, how long did it take for people to really start um, investing in that, that new, the new identity and the new brand and a new feel of the school? A year. Yeah. At least a year just to – because, again, the kids were that were there – plus maybe 30 others that chose to be there. But the kids that were there were put there. And they, just by changing the name, you know, is is like dressing it up, but they still felt like they were wronged 
They yeah. felt like, why are we here? And uh, we're the bad kids still. Um, so, you know, we had to, as a, as a staff, really show them how much we loved them and that we wanted to be there because they were waiting for us to leave. They were waiting for us to leave, to go to another school. You're just going to be here for a little while, miss. I know it. I yeah. said, no. And then we were there every day, every day, every day. And so that, that's what did it is our commitment to them yeah. because they knew that we weren't going to leave them. Um, you know, for, for those kind of kids, you know, it's been my experience that, I mean, not just in school, but also at home. In school, you know, there were the kids that were sent out of the room, and there mm-hmm. were the kids that were sent to the office. And, and and each time we do that, they were this, sent out of the school that they yeah, were at. <laughs> and then it builds up, and they're abandoned. Really, mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's like a reverse abandonment, just uh, you know, banished from the room, yeah. abandoned, and then eventually banished from the school. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, identically at home. Mm-hmm. It's also happening yeah. where, you know, maybe a father's not in the picture, mom's in her, or they're there, but they're not really there. I mean, they're physically, but not there engaged with the kid emotionally. Mm-hmm. And then, and now, and now they're just sent to a whole other school. Right. And that's how they felt. They felt like their home school where they live sent them off. And so they didn't have their own identity. They didn't have their, and so I wanted to create an identity for them because the school, alternative school, yeah. did not have an identity. Like we didn't have a mascot. We didn't have, it wasn't, it's like, what are you a part of? Yeah. You're all just kind of in this pool together, but you're not together. And so we created that. We got the kids together and said, what do you want our mascot to be? That was an interesting conversation. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> we went to a variety of things, um, and so were the Rockets. Yeah. And uh, the kids chose that. The kids said, you know, Rockets are strong. It's like you're going to shoot for the stars. And so, uh, But then they were part of something together. It wasn't like, oh, I used to go to such and such school. That's me. No, I yeah. go to this school, and I choose to go here. And so then uh, we doubled our enrollment to 100 kids. All right, so you started because um, I don't want people to think that we, you doubled it because more kids are getting sent to the alternative. No, 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 no. I <laughs> know. <laughs> right. Gosh. Right. No, no, no. Because, so. because everything changes at this point. Everything and, and changes. Instead of kids having to go there. Right. They want to go there. Yeah. So um, so what happened was we we went and recruited. So I did like a tour. And so I went to each elementary school and I showed them what we were doing. And uh, we danced. We listened to music. I talked about our, our program and how it's so different and very free-flowing and very fun. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, kids would sign up and they wanted to schedule an interview. And they applied, which they actually, that that's part of the process that they feel is really imp- makes them feel important. They're like, I'm applying to a school, and I got in. Yeah, and I was selected. <laughs> yeah. It's very, it's awesome. It's chosen to go here. Yeah, I chosen it's for you. It's my choice, yeah. I love it. And then, um, so you also started um, integrating some other things to get these kids more connected. Yes. Because I think that, you know, that that is the big thing. When we have those kinds of kids all together in one place, there has to be multiple ways that we get them connected. Not just teacher to student, but also in the classroom as a family, kids mm-hmm. connected to kids. And so what were some of the first things that you did there? So we instituted the, a house system. Mm-hmm. And so we took the kids and got a, I got a wheel um, and I just like a carnival wheel and the kids would spin the wheel. And we created these. We had just four pods at the time. We didn't even have names for it. The kids thought of the names of the houses. And we said, you're going to be in this group. It's kind of like your little homeroom or advisory, I guess, that a lot of middle schools have. And um, 
And at first they didn't really get it. They were just like, okay. And uh, then what we did was we let them pick a name. We had them pick a color, a name. Uh, some of them even have a mascot. They 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 just bonded by the fact that they spun the wheel and they're all in the same room. But the commonality is that now we're all a family. This is our little family. We're House Nova, and this is what we're about. Then they created mottos. They created chants. They created dance moves. Um, and each week we work on this. I mean, you have to be really mindful of it and say, all right, this week, guys, I want you to come up with your motto. And the, and the kids actually worked together on it. And it was just like a, a family where they didn't all agree, but they wouldn't leave their house. If I talk to a kid and ask them now, they wouldn't leave their house even if they don't get along with so-and-so yeah. because it's like their family. Um, and then each week we do principal's challenges where I throw out a challenge to them for that house and they compete against each other. And um, they love that. Like yeah, that. For points. For points. Yeah. For points. And then uh, the funny thing is a lot of times it's not even a tangible. It's just like you get some points on the board. It's bragging rights. Yeah. <laughs> Right, and the teachers get into it too, and yeah. they, yeah, they definitely like to uh, to pick on each other and in, in the houses, you know, so, the, the, in a good way. In a good that's way, that's the funny <laughs> thing of all the schools I visit that have the you know uh, instituted the house system. It is it, the the most shocking thing for me was how into it the teachers get. They get into it. They don't play. Like, no, they really want to win. No, House Outdoors is is uh, was the winning house last last year at the end of the year, and he's already starting. Mr. Blaze and Billy, he's already starting when the kids come in. Like, hope you go get in my house. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So he's always trying to recruit. I'm like, you don't recruit. You spin the wheel. That's it. You right. don't get to recruit. <laughs> There's no recruiting here. It's all up to the wheel. Right. But um, that house system just revolutionized the our whole culture. Mm. And then kids, we're talking to kids that wouldn't normally talk to each other. I mean, you got yeah. the one kid that's really into sports with his other kids really in computers, and they would never speak on the playground or in the lunchroom, right. but they're working together on a house challenge. You know what's interesting about that is when, when I go to schools and I do my Be the One thing, and we, we, we put together a mixed group of kids that um, people are always concerned that these kids, that they don't know each other, they're not right. going to get along. <laughs> but here's the thing. I know they will. I've never met these kids, right? I know they're going to get along. I know they'll talk to them. I know they'll interact. I know they'll play the games. And because I know it, they do it. I know. That 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 is crazy because I, I can remember, you know, when you came to Lynn, too, um, people thought that they're not going to do activities together. They did. Yeah, immediately because I, <laughs> I knew they would. It's just weird. It's you know? that expectation that teachers have to set, exactly. too. Exactly. Like, because even in the house system, if teachers think they're not going to do it, then you're going to create that that yeah. situation. But you're like, they're going to do it. There's no option to not do it. I know they are. <laughs> you know that they are. Yeah, and they do it every time. Yeah. And it's never and they... not happening because I know it will never not work. Right. And, and and I think sometimes that is the challenge of working inside the school because you know kids on such an you know intimate level, you know their personalities. You know, you, like it's, it's almost a, as if you know too much. Right. And so you bring down the expectation or you limit what's possible. I don't know anybody, so there's there's no limits. <laughs> Everything's possible. But teachers need to do that every day yeah. and, and start fresh. So even if uh, one student had a problem the day before, that next day you know that they're going to do it. Brand new day. Everything's that's erased. A big, so every day's a yeah. new day at MVLA. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's in, in my mind, that's really how mm -hmm. it works. At the stroke of midnight, right. the board's erased. 
and we start again. We start fresh. We start new, and it's a new day. Here we go. And that's it's tough. It's tough for teachers. Yeah. And, but I think principals need to remind teachers, and that's what my yeah. admin team's about. Every day, remember, it's a new day. Mm. And that kid that did maybe the worst thing yesterday, today's he gets another chance. Yeah. Because I want to make those mistakes here in middle school and not in life. I mean, so at least right. at least uh, he can see that. Yeah, they believe in me. They they think I can do it. They think I can do it. Yeah. And, they, and you know, even, even when the kid gets in trouble, you know, the, <laughs> like for me, the 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 one I I always remember is was I'm talking. This is probably my first month of teaching, and I, of course I was struggling. I don't know what I was doing and teaching a whole bunch of classes. <laughs> I never thought I'd teach because it's a tiny little school, and um, and the kid, you know, we there's this, you're yelling, we're yelling back and forth, and he ends up leaving, and it's Friday, and and the, I'm just. <laughs> Stewing all weekend. No, I know. I'll tell you what I'm going to tell that kid when he comes. You know, I had notes written about how what I'm going to tell him, and and he gets back on Monday, and I said I need to speak with you. He's like, Hey, what's up? And I'm like, Don't don't what's up me? He's not much. I was asking about your weekend. Well, don't don't ask me about my weekend. We need to talk about what happened Friday. He goes, What happened Friday? He had no recollection. Yeah. And for him, the day was new, was- but for me. <laughs> Spent the weekend marinating in the mm-hmm. anger, you know, <laughs> and so and like I realized, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And for I think a lot of times, like that's the that's like the only reason I need now because of that one experience mm-hmm. to start fresh because they are they they do they don't care <laughs> the kids are they're not thinking about what no they're not <laughs> they're enjoying their weekend yeah <laughs> I, I guarantee that the kid not think one time about me mm-hmm. and whatever he he was completely unaware. <laughs> When he said, he goes, oh, man, I didn't know. I'm sorry. What? Wow. <laughs> no. I know. We. I think we all have a story like that. Yeah. We all have a story like that. Because and, because kids, I think they they do the same. They do what we want to do for them is that they like, hey, how you doing today? And I've done that before, too. And teachers do it. And they have to know, come on, let's start fresh. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. But I can do the same thing with a teacher. I mean, I I think some administrators do uh, have a problem with that as well. Like if a teacher um, disappoints in a way and then like you can't rely on that teacher. No, I'm going to ask that teacher again. Hey, can can you take care of this for me? Can you help me out with this? Because I believe you could do it. You know, and I think that teachers need that too. And we don't do it as much. I believe it. <laughs> you know, when we find out those teachers that really aren't invested into the, the culture or the change or the transformation or the revolution or whatever's happening, oftentimes, you know, I don't think we have invested in them mm-hmm. or give them an opportunity to invest. Right. You know, they still know how to do it or how to plug in. And I think I think that's where we find the ways for, to plug them in and give them an opportunity. And if they, you know, if they don't, if, if, if they disappoint again, just like kids, we give them an opp- another opportunity right. to be great. Mm-hmm. That's a good point because sometimes, like if we're a lot of administrators are the kind of person that we're we always were proactive and plugged in, yeah. but there are teachers that don't know how to do that, and so I need to then reflect and say, how can I plug you in? How can I keep asking? And can, how can I invite you? That's that that's the word I'm using this year. Mm. Is I invite you. I invite you to be a part of this. I invite you to be a part of that. And I think that that invitational language is going to help a lot. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and the truth is, you know, I think as some of them, um, and it's just a personality thing. It's just they're not bad. <laughs> they just need to see it before they believe it. You yeah, know, that's true, too. 
they they really have to see it and then and then and then maybe see it again and maybe three times. Okay, now I believe <laughs> it. Now I'm in, and that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. You know, everyone can participate at the level that they're ready for. Yeah, you know, especially this year, which is going to be another kind of transitional year for us. All right, we're jumping ahead. Let's yeah. get back to uh, yeah. MBLA. And so yeah. the house system. Here's here's what I always tell people about that is. The biggest concern that I hear in education uh, from a lot of people is those kids that slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. That health system solves that. Right. It does. If you do it, it right, does. It, it does. really does. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just seen kids that they didn't speak. I mean, they did not speak to anyone, teachers. They just were kind of just there in the classroom getting by doing whatever they need to do. But then now they are connected with kids and they made friends and the parents say, wow, I, I, they were homeschooled before MVLA. And now what they're like talking to these friends and yeah. going to their houses and like, they, they can't wait to get to school even when they're sick. Yep. And it's because of that. And then, and then, <laughs> and then here's the other thing is I always tell people is the number one determining factor I've seen who are kids are successful at school is that they're plugged in and connected to something. They're in the band or they're in the dance team or they're in the spirit team or in the student council. They're do, they're involved, they're engaged. The house system plugs everybody in. It plugs everybody in. And regardless of what talents they have, everyone feels like they can contribute. Mm. And that's another piece. It's like, you know, if you're if you don't have those skills in sports or um, clubs and things, but this everyone can contribute their perspective be a part of a fun activity and be a part of, of helping each other. Everyone can do that. Yep. So then kids feel like, wow, I, this is my family, even though they, and then they're learning life skills too. things like disagreeing. And how do we come to consensus? We're a team. How do we do that as a family? Yeah. And, uh, I think that that's why we've seen such a drastic, I mean, just in a year, a change in kids and how much they speak to others, how they speak to others, how they then feel more confident. Sure. You know, yeah. It's, it's, it's and, amazing. And then you were at uh, Mesilla Valley Leadership, MVLA, Leadership Academy for a year. And this, and you could feel the change. Mm-hmm. And then how long were you there total? Two years. All right, two years. But so you're still, almost two years. Because this is confusing. Because <laughs> yes. you're still here, but now there has moved to here. All right, so you're there right. for two years, and then the word comes down that all that you've created, all that you built, you've got these wacky teachers that are invested <laughs> and loving it. They're doing room transformations. They're wearing crazy mm-hmm. outfits. They're, they're in the dance party. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're, they are deeply invested, and then word comes down that you're moving to a new campus. Right. So you go to Lynn Middle School here in Las Cruces. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, wow. what was that like to tell the MVLA? It was probably the hardest thing I had to do. Um, because, again, I felt like it was kind of like a, a deja vu of the last situation where this is what we believe. We've seen what you can do with MVLA. This is where we want you to be. And there are 700 and some kids that need you there. Yeah. Do you want to do it? And I thought. Here we go again. How can I say no to 700 kids that need me? Yeah. But also say yes to the kids that I'm leaving behind at that campus, which was not here. And so I had to say yes. But to go into that faculty meeting and say, guys, this is what's happening. It was, it was really hard. It was, it was, it was sad because I didn't want them to feel like I was leaving, but physically I was. Right. But, um, because the plan yeah. was you're going to be a principal at two campuses. Yes. That was the plan. That's what happened for 
about you know four months, right. five months. Yeah. And <laughs> so when when did had word leaked out to those teachers that they, that you're going to be split and moved to another campus? Had word leaked out to them, or 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 when you told them was was that the first time? That was the first time. Yeah, I actually had to. Um, I kept that secret for well, at least a week, <laughs> and that was really really hard because I really needed to figure out the best way to tell that to everyone and the kids. Yeah. They want to see their principal every day. They do. Whether their kids are getting in trouble sometimes, every kid wants to see their principal and they want to uh, see their presence every day. And uh, that was really difficult. So I, we figured out how to, how to tell them and uh, get someone in there that could uh, kind of sub for me, I guess. Yeah. But it still wasn't the same. And I just felt torn. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it just doesn't work, you know, because anybody's going to be subbed in or plugged right. in. They have their own personality mm-hmm. and, you know, they didn't, they, they didn't sculpt this piece of art, but they're going to try to be the curator of it. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just doesn't work. And parents, they were kind of upset yeah. too, because, you know, they wanted, they wanted the person that created that, which, which I, I believe though, that, you know, as a good leader, you got to bring up leaders that can then continue on the legacy sure you know um but and still they're, 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 they're gonna do it so in their own new. style they're gonna do it in their own style you're right that's true yeah yeah so i mean i would go as much as i could i mean it's about a 15 minute drive from here um i'd go as much as i could between the two campuses and make sure that the kids here knew that i wasn't leaving them because that's a big one yeah that's a big one especially again like we talked about the alternative school before um kids they think that you're leaving them, especially when they're in poverty and they've had seen so many, this school has seen so many administrative changes in the last five years. And so they thought I was leaving. So when I wasn't here, they're like, oh, she's not coming back. <laughs> There's another <laughs> we, one. We got her. <laughs> and, uh, and it's interesting too. I did see behaviors where they don't want to be connected because they think I'm leaving. Yeah. And so that resistance to connect with me is just because they don't want to then lose out or feel sad when I go. And um, I think as they saw, I kept coming back. <laughs> and when they walk through those doors here in another week, they're going to be like, she's still there. There she is again. <laughs> there she is. She didn't leave us. <laughs> What's wrong with her? <laughs> I can't wait till they see that. I just can't wait to smile at them and say, I'm here. I'm here for you. I told you, yeah. you know, um, and you know, sometimes administrators don't have choices in where they go, but I just, uh, when you feel like you're going to, I want to fight to stay here with these kids, yeah. um, because these are my kids and MVLA now, um, they're all together. All right, so here we go. This is, the, <laughs> this is the crazy part. So you're bringing. So what the 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 decision came down that once mm-hmm. you moved over here, you're going to try yeah. somehow to be a principal on two campuses that are 15 minutes away, right. and and for and I can't imagine why that wasn't going to work. And then they decided, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're moving MVLA. All the how many kids you got? Hundred. Hundred and ten, maybe. Hundred and ten yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. To your middle school, to Lynn Middle School, which has seven hundred and twenty so far. So far, <laughs> you'll get to eight <laughs> in about two weeks, and then um, and so we were going to house two campuses in the same building. Crazy. Somehow, crazy. Yeah. When they said that, like I wasn't even thinking of that. I guess I just didn't think of the long term. <laughs> How would I run two schools and fifteen minutes away? And but it was happening, and I thought. When they said that, I thought, oh, no, how is this going to work? Yeah. I mean, I was kind of worried, definitely. But we have room in this building. Yeah. And so it, 
they need their principal. And now I just walk down the hall instead of drive 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Hold, it's a whole different school down the hall. A whole different school. Totally different. Yeah. Totally different. Um, when it comes to schedules, when it comes to academic programming, totally different. Um, and I think that that's part of the organic nature of how we're going to do this is like, we're just figuring it out. And, uh, but it's about doing great things for kids. And if so, if there's a Lynn kid that might benefit from learning the MVLA way of learning, let's, let's do it. Yeah. And I already have some kids and parents have come in over the summer and said, I think that's what my kid needs. Yeah. And so, and vice versa. I think so. Yeah. You know, some kids really um, do thrive in um, a very uh, structured, mm -hmm. single file, alphabetical order. And that's cool. You know, awesome. Yeah. Go do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's helped that kid. But also there are other kids that really thrive in that more collaborative learning mm -hmm. space where the kids are interacting and they're, you know, and if they're learning, well, maybe we don't have to break for class just yet while we're mm -hmm. in deep into this, you know, and have more flexibility. And, and some kids thrive in that too. And that's, that's, that's what MVLA is about. Yeah. Now, ultimately I do think the majority of kids don't learn in a traditional, um, structured environment. And how can we transform a big middle school, traditional middle school into a more active, inspiring learning environment where pretty much most kids want that, Yep. you know? And so that's part of the mission too, yeah. is not, is not to maintain the, keep doing what we're doing kind of thing. But how can, how can uh, we transform both campuses? Cause MVLA is still transforming too. It still is. Yeah. We still, we haven't figured it out. And that, and I think in education, we don't figure it out. We have to continue to evolve because the kids change, you know, each year. I hear, I see those, especially little boys, girls too, but specifically oftentimes I see those boys are just, man, just <laughs> wild and just, they got to move and, and they're in seventh grade and they got to get up, you know, and to see those kids. And oftentimes I hear what well, that, you know, they're, they're being trained to learn by sitting down behind looking at the back of somebody's mm -hmm. head in front of them. And, you know, and, and the argument is that, well, this is good because this is going to teach them that how to have a job. And I'm thinking to myself, that boy right there will never have a job <laughs> sitting. <laughs> I assure you, he will never want a job where he has to mm -hmm. sit all day. Well, and there's so many jobs now that people don't have to work in an office. Yeah. They're not working in an no. office. <laughs> he could be on a beach in Hawaii yeah, somewhere. Starbucks and that kid's house, writing a book or yeah. whatever he's doing. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, so I think that that... that argument of we have to have them sit and mm -mm. that's not that's not what we do at mvla and i but the thing is i think teachers feel trapped by some of these old school rules and they don't know how to break out of that box yeah. and so again the principal has to be the one to say it's okay what do you want to try what do you want to do differently let's try it see if it works but I'm finding that even when you say that to teachers who have been in the traditional structured environment, they don't know what that means. They don't know what that, they don't know how to navigate that. And, uh, so that's been a challenge for me Yeah. because uh, I was always the kind of person that's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Um, my principal would come in the room and I have a kid standing up on the table dressed as a tree. And I thought 
this is science. <laughs> right. What's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's just the way I think. And so, but I think it's inside of every teacher to be creative and really be passionate about what they're teaching. It's just uh, how do they do that and feel like their job is safe or their, yeah. you know. And especially, you know, it's a new thing. A lot of teachers have never seen it. Mm-mm. They didn't experience it. Right. What they experienced at all. And here's the other challenge is what they thrived at oftentimes was the structured mm-hmm. environment where they, we, they enjoyed the rules. They wanted that kind of system in place. Because they good. like school. Yep. And so the the whole, you know, a lesson needs to be engaging to them doesn't, well, it is engaging. Right. I'm, I'm reading them. I'm taking notes. <laughs> right. I'm, taking I'm notes talking. And... They're listening. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We we do teach the way we learn a lot of times. Um, but we have to know that we didn't have cell phones like they have now. Yeah. They have all the information they need in their pocket, most of them, um, or they can get to it. And uh, so we have to be teachers and administrators need to be create that environment where they're using that information yep. to do something. It's not about getting it. They, they don't need to get the information. They got it. Yep. It's about how do you use that then to do something amazing? Yeah. How do you have them create? Just go right to the top of Blooms and just say, how do you get these kids to create something awesome out of what you just know about? cells or whatever it right. is um that's the, that's the other thing the they, like they don't even know anything about cells but they can access it in 30 seconds 30 with seconds. a picture and a video and everything right else. <laughs> you know that's what the, 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 that's the bizarre thing about education like even with my daughter i was talking to her, her, her smart friends and they'll all be seniors and the weird thing is they've been in school all these years all of them right now could go to any college and sit down and take the final the final exam in in classes for for a fourth fifth year senior in college, and if they had their phone and they could use oh, yeah. their phone, they could pass it. So what's the point of the whole? You know what I mean? It's really interesting. I don't know what the point is, and I think that that and I know that teachers get bogged down with like you know they have to perform on a test that's actually assessing them in a way that's not what we're talking about right. here. I mean, but it's more important that they take that information and do something with it, do some community service or or create a project that that's a real world application that they can then use. I mean, those are the kind of things we do at MVLA, like when we did our Shark Tank. You know, why are we going to, we could teach them all about, you know, and uh, business and how do you create the profit loss and the, and the price for your uh, item. Instead, let's do Shark Tank. Yeah. <laughs> then kids are like, oh, I guess I got to learn that part. I got to figure that part out. Um, and then I got to pitch my idea. Instead of, let's write an essay, everybody, on a pitch. Let's uh, everyone write an essay about your product. No. So, because that's a real world. They see the importance of it. They see the relevance of it. Yeah. That's when it gets really exciting. As a teacher, I think, too. Um, But they just need some support as to how to do that. And sometimes, also, principals have have to just reassure them that that's what, it's about learnings about not about that test that right. they have to take and it's a safe place yeah you know this is the, this is the this is the school and your classroom is the place where you can do those things and mm-hmm. take a risk you know one, one of my um one of my the final school i worked out when i sat down for the interview and and um he didn't hire me right away so he said no let me think about it and i'll give you a call and so i sat outside of his office and stared at him through the window what and, yeah and he came out he goes are you gonna sit here all day i said yeah i am <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that showed you really want 
Yeah. So yeah, of course. And so uh, and then and then the, and I knew, I knew I was in the right place when he told me after we shook hands. All right, that, that um, he told me he'd much rather me apologize than to come and ask for permission to do this. Just mm-hmm. go, just do your thing. Right. He said, I trust you. Just go. Just do your thing. And I thought, well, all right, I found it. This That's is my kind of place. Greatest. Yeah. And I think, and I think if te- more teachers had that and had um, some examples that they could see of what uh, what engagement looks like and what fun is about and the collaboration. Because I think you're right. You know, we talk about it a lot of times, but again, for a lot of people, just like kids, teachers, they have to see it if they're going to be it. We got to show it if we're going to grow it mm-hmm. in that teacher. And they don't know what that looks like. Yeah. And, and so critical to have that kind of principle, to have a leader that says that. Go in your classroom and do it. And yeah, to ask for forgiveness later, that's better. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want them to do too. Yeah. Don't Actually, worry. it happened here. It happened here at Lynn. Uh, she, uh, they did an art mural in the cafeteria and I was like, oh. <laughs> like, she's like, oh, I thought you said you could, we could do it. I was like, well, I was still trying to get like approval, but you're good. You're fine. Right. It's good. And it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it's been approved. <laughs> yeah, and so you have two campuses on in one building, mm-hmm. and um, and they they are coming together. This is the first year, and it's two complete separate cultures, mm-hmm. which is really interesting. Two complete different cultures, um, and so we're looking for ways to try to link them together. Yeah, because they have to have some common campus culture. Not just their school culture, but we also want them to maintain their identities as different schools because they are. They are. They're they're not a program. They're a school. So it's about how do we then take – we went back to the house system. How do we take that house system now? And instead of just having MVLA have their houses and have it be separate, how do we say, okay, House Nova is going to have Lynn kids and MVLA kids learning uh, together, doing these challenges together. Yeah. And so, yeah, we learn differently. We're in different learning programs, but then we come together and we all learn together when it comes to leadership skills and social, um, different social skills and teamwork. How do we do that together? So that, that's the plan. <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> that's plan in theory. <laughs> it always sounds good in theory, doesn't it? <laughs> it sounds great. It sounds great. So yeah. um, we're we're now planning school wide, school wide connect connection activities. Yeah, because right. we need that. And you are also known um, across the land okay. for your uh, for your big wow moments. How did you come up with that? Because uh, this is kind of funny. Because it's ridiculous. This goes back to Mr. Hawkins, okay? So back to Mr. Hawkins, the principal that just inspired me to be a, an administrator. Uh-huh. And so I guess I say the word wow a lot. I don't know. He told me that because he would always make fun of me and say things like, wow. Sounds like Tony, wow. Uh-huh. And so uh, so then <laughs> I just thought we needed to do something really exciting to show the kids how much we appreciate them and want to start the year with a big wow. So that big <laughs> At the beginning of the year, we said, what can we do when they come back and be like, this is not like going to school. It's going to be something different this year. Like, it's not the alternative school anymore. And um, so we <laughs> so we made the front of the building look like uh, they were going into like a space lock, so like airlock kind of thing. Uh-huh. I dressed up in uh, a NASA suit. 
And the kids walked in. We definitely broke like every fire code and things like that. But ask for forgiveness. That's how I look at that's it too right. from my from my supervisor. If you're not breaking a fire code, you're not having fun. That's what I know. <laughs> the kids, what we blacked out all the windows in the small building that it was, and uh, poked holes so it looked like stars. And the kids walked through this um, space lock, and there was like crazy lights looked like they were moving into space they came out and they were like in orbit because all they saw was black and uh, little tiny stars uh-huh. and uh it was just outstanding it was amazing okay. that was our first big wow and so <laughs> and here here's what i love about uh the, these big wow moments in that um bringing those to a campus for the first time what i love if it, it since you are kind of heading it up it gives teachers an invitation to invest in in a, in a moment that we're creating for kids, yeah. And and once and once they do that and they feel they have they they can feel the fun the kids are having and feel the difference that it makes in the lives of the children. That's I hope that's the infectious part. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's when you the get part. them. Yeah, because they are crazy. I mean, we have parents go through. Um, parents want to see it. And they, it's just they were in shock. They had they were kind of like mouths open, yeah. wondering what what kind of school is this going to be? What's my year going to be like? And then we did another one in January. Big wow! We have small wows throughout the year, but that was a big Academy Awards and uh-huh. entrance. Paparazzi, paparazzi, yeah, um, <laughs> doorman, uh-huh. red carpet, and all that. And so this year, yeah, we're going to bring it together for Lynn, too, because Lynn kids have never seen something like that. All right. Let's, 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 since this is going to come out after. Is, is it going to? Okay, it'll good. Be, it'll be good. weeks from now. So, so, you, so, so it's okay to tell them. Okay. So the big wow for our Lynn campus. It's so Lynn funny. MVLA. You're so serious. Like you're going to keep it a secret. You don't even tell me. I love it. Right, so. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going <laughs> to. So uh, our theme is the greatest show. So when the kids come. When the kids come in, we're going to have the the lobby look like a tent. <laughs> and we're going to have still walkers out front. Still, and <laughs> still walkers. We got a golf cart, so we're going to have one of the secretaries dressed as a clown. Uh-huh. She's going to be in the golf cart riding around telling kids where they have to go. We're going to have everybody in the um, in the gym because we have a whole new admin team, and we want to really spotlight the teachers. And uh, we're going to call them up and call them out and say hi and introduce ourselves. And then we have a flash mob planned. Nice. So if everyone's learning the steps to the greatest show, we're going to be flash mobbing it. And, uh, yeah, we all have our, our top hats. And we're gonna, we just want to invite the kids to really realize that this is going to be the greatest year that they've ever yeah. had. And setting it up, and that's that's, you know, that that, that's that's what I love about it. it is um, two things I love. It is a memory that they'll have for the rest of their lives. They'll they'll never forget stilt walkers and drummers and clowns <laughs> and, and and flash mob and 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 we're, and we're here to kick off the year. You know, right. and also it really does model what you hope for our teachers to do in the classroom. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I want them to see that we can be silly and we can have fun, and we 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 know how to learn. But we also know how to have fun, and we do it both like to the highest level. And uh, hopefully they know that they can be creative. I already had one teacher uh, mention something that they wanted to do yeah. in their classroom. So because of the theme that they know about. It's working. Yeah, so it's very exciting. It's yeah. very exciting. It's, uh, but there's a lot of unknowns, too. Um, but I know, just like you said, that kids always participate. They're going to be into it. They're going to be are. into it. 
I mean, yep. who doesn't like a circus? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All that popcorn. <laughs> Who complains about cotton candy? That's right. Yeah, it's, I, think, I think it's an amazing year. And this is, um, you know, when I was here last year, this is what I told you, and I and I still feel I feel it even more to be true now, is that this is one of those places you can kind of feel that it's right. I mean, that it, it's filling and it's just about to tip over, and it just it's there. It's right, it's so prime for what you want to do and your kind of vision, and and the what you believe to be true about education and what's right for kids and teachers and the environment that needs to be in place for them to get what they really want and deserve both teachers and kids. Man, I, I'm definitely feeling, I mean, when place. you were here and I saw those kids, that was my glimmer that it could happen. Yeah. It was, I saw the kids working together and then we did right after you left, we did um, a principal's challenge, which I didn't think we were going to be ready for, but because you came, it really showed me that, okay, we're going to do this. And people were saying things like, this is, this could go badly. I said, well, we're going to do it. It's going to work. It's yeah. going to work. And uh, we did a principal's challenge with just some classrooms. I invited again teachers to be a part. They knocked it out of the park. And then kids that weren't a part, they were like, next time we've got to be a part of that. Yep. So it was amazing. Yeah. Because kids will step up. They want to. Even though they act like they don't, they do. Yeah. They want it. They're, they're kids. They're he, middle schoolers. <laughs> and for, and for, for so many of those kids, the, the greatest fear on the planet for them is being humiliated. Mm -hmm. They're scared out of their mind. And I get it. I totally get it. And, and, but giving them an opportunity to do something amazing and may, maybe you're right. You know, the first time they don't do it and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But once they see everybody else is into it and loving it and, and they, they, being silly, yes. And it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You know, like we're trying to embarrass ourselves. We're, you know, we're really trying to be ridiculous. <laughs> that's right. It's amazing. That's right. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's how I feel. I I'd see as they see more and more and as teachers see more and more, They'll they'll jump on board to the level that they're comfortable, and it's going to be great. Yeah, you know. And as we we'll work through the challenges together, um, but we have to come together. Sure. For our kids. Yeah, and so the house system is going to kick it off for the first time. Yes. And uh, and kids are spinning the wheel. They're spinning the wheel this week. I I can't even believe it. This week. Yeah. So they're spinning the wheel. They're going to find out what house they're in. They have no idea what that means. Some <laughs> but who cares? Some of your teachers have they no have idea. They have no idea what it means. <laughs> yeah. But we're spinning the wheel. Teachers are already using the word house. And they're uh -huh. already saying when we get the house. And so um, they're just going to be, they're going to come to school the first day, the sixth graders, because they'll already have their house. And they're going to be like, I already know what house I'm in. You don't. Yeah. I know that's going to happen. Yep. And uh, we just have to continue to believe that it's going to happen. And I think that that's what. We have to know our kids, our kids, we have to expect more than we do from kids. We have to expect more because yeah. we, we tend to expect less. We just tend to expect kids to, eh, they're not going to want to be into it, but they are. Because if we set that expectation, they're not going to want to let us down. I'm telling you, I have a hundred percent belief. <laughs> I know, I know they'll be into it. I know they'll love it. I know they'll do it and they do it. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited. We're, we're we're all very excited, and uh, I think people will be sucked into the positivity and the excitement of it all. Yeah, and what and what's also about it, you know, the kind of the plans that you have, it really gives teachers an opportunity 
to love it and jump on board. Or like we always talk about, the second best thing happens is that a, a good teacher realizes this just isn't for me. It's just mm-hmm. not my environment. They're not a bad teacher. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're self-aware to know, enough to know this. You know, I'm a great teacher. This just isn't a good fit for me. And there are schools everywhere that would mm-hmm. would be a, a better better suited for what I want to do. Because yeah. this, this is one that takes effort. Like this takes – I mean fun in school takes effort. And it's a different model. I mean, it's a different model. There are some schools. I mean, even within Las Cruces, there are different demographics. And we know the population that we serve right here needs it more than ever. Yeah. More than ever. They have so many challenges that are beyond, like I said before, what we can even imagine. And so they need that connectedness here where they don't always have it at home. And even if they do have it at home, they still need more of that here. Um, But. That's why we're all different. We don't want every, I mean, not every school's going to be the same. And so people need to find where they need to be. And uh, all kids learn differently. So I just believe that th- this is going to work for our kids. Mm. And that's what they need. Yeah. Mm. I love Even it. Even though it's, it gets the adults out of the comfort zone a little bit. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. No, that. You know? And principals out of their comfort zone. For I'll be, sure. I'm lip syncing too on Wednesday. Of course you are. Why would you not? <laughs> We're lip syncing the admin team to the faculty. So the faculty just comes back on Wednesday, and we already have it set. We have two kids, too, to be a part of that. And uh, we're what? all lip, sy- lip syncing a song. What song? It's called A Million Dreams from The Greatest Show. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you have your Because our kids have a million steps. dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still down. learning that. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, uh, and you have kids involved. And, and we have kids involved. And admin and faculty is going to love it. See yeah. again. Here's the, here's what I love about it is is what, what I think you do such a good job is you 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 model expectations just like a good teacher does for their kids. Great principals do that for their for for their teachers, you know. And we're not asking anybody to do anything that we're not already doing. That's that's a good point. You know, I think of that. Yeah, I mean, we're all doing it. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah, look how ridiculous I'm being I am. Silly I'm, I'm lip syncing. <laughs> yes. You know. <laughs> that's true that's true we're all doing it all the admin yeah and so of course we now in the mind of a in the mind of a teacher you, you have just earned the right mm. to ask them to do things too for kids yeah and we hope it also hits a and we know that every teacher has within them in their heart there's a reason why they went into this profession yeah it's not the pay it's not the summers off there's a reason why and by having those kids be a part of it we knew that they had to be a part of it so yeah. that was an interesting call to, to call the parents. Can we, um, do you think your child would like to lip sync with us? <laughs> They're like, what? Lip sync with the principals? <laughs> yeah. That's the favorite so. <laughs> part for teachers is, is when kids are involved in these types of things. Yeah. I got to tell you, when I show up and do convocations and uh, do back to school speaking stuff, anytime I see like they'll have a little thing, it'll be like third grader Rolando so-and-so is going to, oh, no. <laughs> Bring the tissues. <laughs> oh, I gotta follow a third grader. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, they'll That's bring right. the house down, man. Mm-hmm. They're amazing, mm-hmm. and teachers love it. Yeah, yeah. I'm anytime excited. we get kids involved in those types of things, awesome. Yeah. All right, well, thank you so much. Thank you. I love you. I love that. I love that you said yes, and I love. Uh, I love your school. I'm such a huge fan of you and all that you have going on with your kids and your uh, teachers, and um, I cannot. This is one of the schools, like, I cannot wait to see uh, the progression over the next couple of years. Well, thank you. I hope you come back and be a part of it. Uh, listen, I told you, this is <laughs> this isn't a gradual mm-hmm. trajectory. I told you that before. That with, Like, I'll see schools, oh, that's okay. They're on a kind of good, they're on that four, five, six-year plan. That's mm-hmm. cool. This one's steep. 
I really believe it. Well, we're ready for that ride. Yeah. <laughs> bring it on. We're ready. Yeah. We're ready. It's going to be great. All right. Thank you again. Thank you. You're awesome. Thank you. Okay.